Welcome to Retirement Unlimited with Randy Barkley and Jeremiah Lee. This is a program where we discuss life's hard financial questions to help you make smart decisions about your money. I'm a certified financial planner and Jeremiah is a California licensed attorney. We work together at Tricord Advisors. Tricord is a registered investment advisory firm where we help our clients build the life that they love. If you have a topic you'd like to hear us discuss on future episodes, just send us an email. Use the contact button on our website, retirementunlimited.com, or just give our office a call. Our phone number is 951-684-7011. Each week we discuss life's hard financial questions. And this week what we want to talk about, and the theme of this, the, uh, the program today is too much of a good thing. You know, we're going to hit some, some points. And most people we talk to, of course, uh, Jeremiah, they're kind of like the glass is half empty instead of half full. And yet when we look at some of the key indicators, um, it's actually pretty positive when we look at historical numbers, right? Yeah, and we have short memories. You know, For sure. The last few years, returns have been great. Interest rates have been near the bottom. <laughs> you know, there's been so many good things. And I think there's a lot of fear coming in the market because those good things may be perhaps coming to an end right. um, for the whole dynamic. But so quickly, I think a lot of, at least the, the news folks, even the talking heads you see on the news, they're forgetting all this stuff. I mean, we were talking before, you know, it's been low interest rates, low inflation, unemployment's been down, values of stocks and homes have been up. Right. And that, that's a Goldilocks. You know, right. we, we've been in this great thing, but right. it looks like that's coming to an end. Right. And so now we have a rising interest rate market because the Federal Reserve is concerned about inflation. But think about what caused this. I mean, this is a COVID reaction. I mean, we the amount of money that was flooded into the marketplace, uh, it kept people from having to leave their homes. Uh, it kept their roof over their head, so to speak, and food on the table. But now there's a flexion point that's happening. And this, this is becoming pretty apparent. But I was just reviewing, I mean, interest rates they're on mortgages are still above 5%. They're above 5%. They've creeped up. But Everybody that I've talked to has had a chance either to acquire home in the last couple of years or refinance. Their interest rate is is like three percent or below. Yep, and yep. that that to me is a phenomenal interest rate for a house. Yep, yeah. Someone who's looking to purchase now, you know, it's difficult. They're in it a different is. season, but so many of you know people that we know, our clients have refinanced over the last few years and have locked in rates that. Um, right. Historically are phenomenal you know, yeah. from there. And one of the first <clears throat> things we're going to talk about today is a little bit of, of jobs. You know, part of this good thing, like you said, you know, the pandemic could have been catastrophic. It could have been. It, so could have been the, it, it could have been another Great Depression. It could have. Yeah, that's right. And it was catastrophic for some people on a personal level. You know, their right. families got sick and they lost jobs. But, but generally, as an economy, we've come through in um, a relatively good position. And one item that's just interesting is, you know, just prior to the pandemic, compared to now, we have 3 million fewer people in the workforce. So they've, they've exited the workforce, they've not yet returned. So the initial return, we've kind of already seen. You know, and that's people, dropped down by hundreds of thousands of people every single month, yeah. you know? So and the way that they calculate this data is not just everyone who's working, but people who are actively looking for jobs are included in the unemployment rate. Right. And then how many jobs are filled, you know, that, that's who's out there. And so as people, in essence, stop looking, you know, our, our employment rate goes down. So it's good that people aren't searching for jobs. However, there, there's this other dynamic is that people have stopped looking. They're just not reentering. And, and of the 3 million, the interesting number here is that 
2 million of that, based on the studies we looked at, they're 55 and plus. Right. So in essence, they've taken an early retirement. Right. Um, and it, it's a different dynamic that I just can't find a job or I'm searching or you know, I'm taking a break. But rather, these people have, have left the workforce and we have these holes at the moment. We have great employment. And it's interesting. You go back a year, like 12 months ago. That's, that would be a year, I guess. Huh? Mm-hmm. Um, there was the exiting of the people that were close to retirement. They were saying, I'm done. I'm just out of here. Yeah. But now this year, what's happening with the market so strong for employment, we're seeing a migration back of those older workers coming back into the workforce. Yeah. I don't know whether they're going back, you know, uh, back into their same employer, but a lot of those people or some of those people are coming back, which is kind of an interesting yeah. development. Well, last week we spoke about you know, regretting retirement. Um, and you can go, people can go to our website and you can listen to that last episode, you know, of, of people who walked into retirement and either you know, personally or uh, right. emotionally or financially are regretting that decision. And so some of those are coming back. Some folks are realizing they're fine. You know, they, they've left and they have no intention of coming back. Right. And, and that's put us in a, a, a squeeze. I mean, people are a lot of jobs and employers are having a really hard time finding um, people to fill their positions. Right. Um, and it's, it's all across the economy. It's not you know, high wage or low wage or white collar, blue collar, people are just having a hard time. Now, there, there has been a migration. I mean, it, I mean, the news kind of caps that and says people are moving out of California. Yeah. And we'll talk later about what the actual stats are. But the Mountain West and the South has been the biggest beneficiary of that migration. And there's been phenomenal. Uh, again, if you take if you take a population of Montana and you throw several thousand people into that state that has that has an, an incredible lift to that state in california it's like it's like a drop in the bucket you know because mm-hmm. i mean the the size of our population or new york for example uh, migration out of new york yeah. also well anecdotally we've talked about this already before there's a state that talked about our inland region of you know for every eight households that move out which is a lot there's a lot of people leaving mm-hmm. california and anecdotally it's it's folks you know you know it, it, when you look on your friends you know a lot of people are leaving but there's 11 households coming in for every eight going out. We have 11 coming in and that to some extent makes, makes sense for the traffic. You know, it makes sense for what we're feeling. A lot of those folks are coming in already having employment, right. or already having connections to their prior jobs. So it's not so much that we're having, you know, all these people we can now employ and whatnot. The, the economy is still tight, uh, but California is a net loser in the sense that people are migrating out. Right. Um, but there's other places, you know, Utah and Idaho, they're nearly 5% increase. Uh, yeah, their unemployment rate is below the levels that they were before, before the pandemic started. Yeah, so yeah, there are more people there working, more money they're working through. It's interesting. And we say too much of a good thing. Um, and that's part of the idea with employment. Uh, because the employment rates have come down so much, part of the pressure on inflation is everyone's working. Right. You know, everyone's got money. In, in- and, and understand that when, when COVID hit, unemployment rose dramatically. It went up to almost like 14%. And then the money that the governments, and not just the U.S. government, but also all developed nations, gave money to their citizens to keep food on their table, basically, to keep in survival basis. Well, a lot of those people that received, there was an overreach, I guess is the best way to say that. Governments gave money to everybody. I had clients who were retired says, I don't need this money. Do I take it? And I said, that's your personal choice. But I, you know, a lot of people received money that they didn't need it. They had fixed incomes or they had investments or retirement income, they had no debt. And yet, I don't know of anybody that turned the money back. I mean, they turned it back. But now we've had an overreach. So we have this excess supply. There's over $3 trillion in people's bank accounts that wasn't there prior to COVID. Wow. 
And that, that's a lot of money. That's a lot, that's of, a money. lot of money. But that's a lot of you know TVs and loaves of bread and you know fuel exactly. car. And a lot of people are feeling the pinch with inflation at, at the grocery store and at the gas pump. And the the hardest hit among us in our society are really struggling. You know, that that's a big hit. But for the majority of people, I think they have to remember there's that three three trillion dollars that 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 didn't exist before that got us through um, this hard time. And there's still a significant savings that people have. So I think when people have the doom and gloom, or on the radio or the the uh, uh, news, you see the doom and gloom of, of yeah. I call it the panic, apart. the panic pushers. Yeah, the panic pushers. I, I think it's a short it's too short of a memory. We have right. to remember that we have had some really good season in the midst of a hard um, social moment with the pandemic. We've had some great economic moments and some great growth moments. Uh, but now, it, you know, like I said, you know, we had low interest rate, low inflation, low unemployment, high valuations. Some of those are coming to an end. And, for, and some of the investments that, um, that have grown dramatically over the last three years of those investments were cheap money was a real benefit. And some people bought into that and it pushed up assets that were probably way overvalued by the end of last year. And a lot of that was because of the cheap money, how the money they invested, they were able to leverage in and, and to push that up. Now there's there seems to be a reckoning going on. Yeah. And the growth stocks, I think, is the biggest example I see. Right. You know, a company that is going to grow and uh, can have access to inexpensive funds their, their valuations kind of went through the roof during the pandemic because everyone's looking for this growth. There's cheap money available. But as the money is no longer so cheap, uh, uh, you know, these growth opportunities, they're being scrutinized and the values are coming down. You know, just take one company that, that comes to mind. It's like, like Peloton. Here's a company that pretty much was non-existent. And then as COVID became more entrenched, their sales skyrocketed. They had cheap money so they could expand and grow and push into the marketplace but all of a sudden, as COVID started to wane, people went, no, I want to go outside. I don't want to stay inside and ride a stationary bicycle. I want to go yeah. outside. So their, their sales dropped off. And you see their stock is representative of that. I mean, the stock has dropped precipitously yeah. in value. Well, at one moment for Peloton specifically, there was a thought everyone in the world is going to own these bikes. Right. Yeah, th this is the unlimited growth, unlimited future. But then fairly quickly as the pandemic pandemic slowed, but also people realized they didn't just want to ride a bike. They want to do other things. Right. The reality kind of set in and said, okay, this company will have a place mm -hmm. and these exercise equipment will have a place in people's homes, but it's not this unlimited growth and unlimited future. Yeah. So again, it's not that Peloton is not, a, is, a, is a bad company. I just think it got way ahead of itself. Mm -hmm. And again, it goes back to the overreach of, of COVID. We've had this phenomenal amount of cheap money that has been flooded into the system and people went, I would never buy a bike like that. But all of a sudden they had money in their bank account and said, uh, okay. So when they went and bought it, but apparently more than one, apparently thousands and thousands of people did it because it drove the company. Uh, and, and this is representative across the board. We've seen a lot of companies and that's why we started to rebalance in our clients' portfolios at the end of last year. You can't avoid you know, corrections. I mean, that's kind of what we're going through, but you can't avoid that. But what you can do is rebalance to the better value-based companies versus yeah. the ones that were just way overvalued, right? Yeah. We're going to talk about next some of the, the, the numbers in the economy, you know, what's going on. So stay tuned for our next segment. You know, retirement is supposed to be a secure time. Are you secure? Do you and your loved ones have the information needed to make the right decisions about retirement? You need counsel, not another salesperson, an advisor that looks out for your interest more than theirs. This is Dennis Prager, and I'd like you to call Randy Barkley, a certified financial planner who's been serving the Inland Empire for over 26 years. 
He's a retirement specialist who works for you on all the important and often confusing things that determine how comfortable you are in retirement. Call Randy Barkley for a free consultation and learn for yourself what I've learned. He can be trusted. Randy Barkley, 888-627-8371, 888-627-8371. Or visit me, Randy Barkley, at retirementunlimited.com. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisor, clearing through TD Ameritrade, member FINRA, SIPC, MSRB. AM 590, the answer. Welcome back. Uh, Jeremiah and I are talking about, and the theme of the program today is too much of a good thing. And we talked about in the first segment about employment and what's happening, the migration and some of the things that became very obvious, but also the undercurrent. Now, from an investment standpoint, um, we want to kind of continue on with this theme. And one of the things that um, that we re- refer to, Barron's just came out with an interview. They interviewed over 100 different asset managers, and they came out with a survey that talked about the current economy and the changes of it. And of course, the volatility that's going on within the marketplace, within the stock market. And I have to say, from my perspective, it's the, it's the dynamics that are completely different than what you would think. Normally, when the economy is slowing down, it's because interest rates have risen too high. Mm. Here, the economy is in concern because interest rates are too low. Uh, unemployment typically is you have a higher, you have higher unemployment. And so what you want to do is stimulate the economy by reducing interest rates here. They're concerned about low unemployment, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it's, it's exact. I mean, we have a lot of dynamics that are just contrary. Yep. Well, there's a concern for the Fed. The reason they're, you hear on the radio, they're talking about raising interest rates is their concern. We're going to overheat, you know, that in the midst of coming out of a, a pandemic and things we've been doing, they're concerned that the economy is just going too hot. Right. Um, which on you know, one side, it's great, right? It's great that our economy's moving. And well, if you've got assets avoid. that are affected by inflation, you're going cheer it on, you know, let's, let's just let, let it climb. Yeah. Yeah. But for a lot of us, you know, for people, not necessarily corporations for people, inflation is painful. Right. And so the fed part of their mandate is to slow that down. And so they are. And so this, this poll, it's just interesting stuff, especially the last two weeks, we've seen some really hard days in the stock market. Right. We've seen values tumble. We've seen things come down. And because of that, a lot of people are, are fearful that they're concerned mm-hmm. what's going to happen next. And so this poll will get different money managers. You know, one, just to get started, one, one of the numbers that was real interesting is saying six months ago, 67% of managers, you know, felt like there was a bull market, you know, we predictable, whereas now only 50% of people are bullish on the market, but it's still 50%. And I think that was striking to me that it's not fallen to say people are convinced it's bearish. I mean, 50% is right down the middle, right? That half the people are still seeing the economy advancing forward and the markets advancing forward. And the, and the, and those that are concerned about the economy uh, getting worse, they're really in the minority. I mean, they're not, they're not, um, they're not chicken little. They're not running around and saying the sky is falling. And it, it's, it, again, we have a dynamic of lower interest rate, low unemployment, positive household formation. All these factors are really good. It's just that you know, it, it's the cause, you know, it's the aspect of inflation and they're yeah. trying to bring inflation under control. Now, again, the segment of the economy that is, is devastated by these inflationary numbers are people that on the lower income scale and on fixed income. Mm. And it is hard to deal with inflation at this level. Yeah. Yeah. Especially there's no other assets or time, you know, right. time to get this done. Um, you know, part, part of this also is, is how people are projecting that the economy will perform. And 
to your comment, Randy, you know, there's about 34% of the people polled thought the returns next year, or sorry, over the next 10 years, but the annualized return will be between one and 5%. So if you're having the stock market- And that's on the low side, folks. That's the pessimistic view. Yep. You'll get one to 5% return. And then 59%, the next one up is six to 10%. So really that's, you know, nearly 83% of uh, of all the people projecting would be between one and 10% of the stock market over the next 10 years. The the people who think we're going to get more than that, or the people who think we're going to get negative returns, people on the outliers, those are outliers and those are a minority. And, you know, these people are always wrong, right? (laughs) We always joke about that, that people who are trying to predict the future are are generally not accurate. However, that there is a consensus that we're moving in the right direction still. Right. Again, if you look at unemployment numbers, people are getting a job. That's a positive in a household if you're looking for a job and you finally get the job of your dream, so to speak. Um, if you're trying to buy a house and do a refinance, I mean, real estate markets are really high, but it's not the same all over the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, in California, we see it in our backyard. Uh, it's really hard for somebody who is just trying to get their first home and try to get in right. because they're competing with large investors and typically people that are well-heeled and they just come in and write a check for it. Uh, one of the comments from the real estate people that we talk to is that we're turning into a renter nation. And I know that's hard for some people to hear, but that's not unusual when you see values climb this way. Right. And it's specific to our inland region here in Southern California. We've been a homeowner dominant region. Right. And we are in that shift. I think it's a painful shift for a lot of people. I mean, you know, places like uh, West LA, Santa Monica, they went through that shift a long time ago, Mm -hmm. you know, that, that most people out there are renting. Whereas here, I would say, in, in recent history, most people were owners, but I, I don't know what the numbers are, but we're shifting quickly um, that, that we're becoming a, a renter community. Yeah. And I think the migration, uh, you know, Jeremiah, you recently showed me a chart and I think it's, it's really interesting to have conversation to see where the people are moving. And of course, everybody hears that people are moving out of California and the, you know, the logical suspects are, you know, like Texas and, you know, some in Florida and places like that. But the migration isn't, it's, it really shows a different story. It's not uniform, is it? Yeah, no, that's great. There's a, a website called Where Money Walks, um, kind of uses the census data. And one of them, you can look at by county by county. So Riverside County, um, this is over the last basically 10 years, we've received 162,000 people from LA County. LA County. Yeah, we've received 129,000 from Orange County. We've received 61,000 from San Diego County. I mean, you know, th- those are kind of the, the big ticket who's coming, but that, with those people come jobs and come revenue. So those same groups from LA County of the last 10 years, we have $6.1 billion is now in our county, which used to be in someone else's county uh, from LA, uh, almost 5 billion from Orange County um, and just under 3 billion from San Diego County. And, and to kind of describe this to you listening, when we look at the map, uh, of course, uh, a green would be where there's a positive inflow of people and a red would be, there would be a negative outflow. And Orange and LA County both are negative outflows. Yep. San Bernardino has a negative outflow, but Riverside County itself, you know, just to get down into a local economy, has had a really positive inflow of people. And, and it's a net inflow. So, yeah, you know, we talk about LA and Orange County, all those. We're also losing people. They're going to Clark County, Nevada. They're going um, to a few other places in Arizona. They're going from to Idaho. There's a whole list of all these places they're going to. But on net, you know, taking the people who've lost and the people who are coming in. You know, we're 330,000 more people in our county I mean, that's, just on this, this website. And I'm sure there's you know, other county statistics you know, that, that have different, but, but that's the sentiment is that even though people are leaving, 
we're filling up, we're filling up with people and we're filling up with additional dollars. And that puts more pressure on real estate, existing real estate. Yep. So whether it be a rental or a purchase that in, you're competing with, with literally hundreds of thousands of people that are looking to do household formation. And a lot of those jobs that have been created over the last several years have been more professional jobs because the remote uh, jobs, they're coming out of Orange and LA County and they're moving out here and they are typically not your blue collar workers. I mean, there's some of that, but there's a higher percentage of professionals that are coming into the economy. Yep. And Riverside, you know, there's a lot of the surrounding regions, but this is a great place to live. You know, my, my wife and I, when we, we were both born and raised here, but we were in the Bay area for a bit and LA for a bit. And we were looking to really settle of where we wanted to kind of start raising our family. And Riverside is, has family for us. That's a big draw, but also, you know, acknowledging the communities here, the, the closeness, even the greater Riverside chambers of commerce, we have a fantastic community of business leaders and right. people who are really kind and great people. We're also, you know, geographically, you know, the beaches here, the mountains are here, the deserts here. Um, I, I see the draw of why people are heading this direction, especially, you know, getting out of LA or getting out of San Diego with some of the increased prices, as well as just the, the dynamics of those communities. And um, it, it, it's a great place. And, I, and I, I see why people are coming here, but, but that's the dynamic we're living in is that people are flocking to this region. You know, you know, those of us that uh, go on the freeway and for the, if you're listening to us on a, on a, you know, this morning and you're on the freeway and you're thinking, now I know why all these people are on the freeway because mm -hmm. there is a lot of pop. I mean, there's a lot of population movement migration into Riverside County, and of course, we all get on the freeway at the same time. It seems like, and the and the roads get filled up. Yeah. But also, we're getting additional services. If you look at restaurants and stores and other services that are being provided, because we have an increased population. Also, you see um, building up like apartments. Have you noticed yeah. driving around in Riverside? You notice the apartments that are being built. Yeah. It's yeah. There's a lot of single family homes are being built. But also there's a lot more apartments. A lot of those people are getting on the trains going back into Orange and LA County to go to work. So it, we're becoming more metropolitan, I guess, is yeah. the best way to say that. Yeah, we probably will. I know I think with remote work, whether it's 100% remote or you know, someone who can live here in Riverside and re work remotely three days a week and then go into the office in you know, LA or Orange County two days a week. I think for a lot of people that that makes sense. Yeah. And I think for some people, this is really harsh for them. I mean, it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's a change of lifestyle. It's a change of the environment they would like. I know when you mentioned you grew up here, but when my wife and I, we moved out here, we moved from a rural environment and we kind of liked Riverside as far as the locality, because it had more of a rural environment to it. That is definitely changing that. And that's mm -hmm. why a lot of people leave because they feel like their culture is changing the environment they desire is changing. And I, I would agree that we are moving more into a uh, metropolitan kind of area. Yep. Yeah. And we still have pockets. I mean, Woodcrest is a, is a community here in, in Riverside that, that's a little different still, um, right. a little more rural, but that, that's part of the, part of the shift. Um, just kind of wrapping up this section, you know, we see we've had a really good season. We've had a lot of good things. Those are coming to an end and it's a time to reevaluate and shift, not to, reevaluate in the hard moments, you know, and make knee-jerk reactions, but to acknowledge the economy is at an inflection point um, and to retool for the next season. Exactly. If you'd like to know more information about um, what we do and how we counsel people through these times, uh, we just like you to get a hold of us. And if you like, for example, you want us to talk about something, go to our website and say, we'd like you to talk about this and provide to it. We would more than um, more than willing to uh, explore those different topics. Um, until next week, folks. May you grow in wisdom and knowledge. Thank you for listening.
information and ideas discussed on this program are in the nature of general comment and cannot be relied upon as pertaining to your specific situation. Do not constitute legal or financial advice and do not create an attorney, client, or fiduciary relationship. Any examples or circumstances discussed are fictional. Listeners should consult their own financial advisor, tax consultant, or attorney, as well as conduct their own due diligence prior to making any decisions. Investments involve risk and the possibility of loss, including the loss of principal. All situations are different and results may vary. Randy Barkley is a California life insurance agent, California license number 0518567. And Jeremiah Lee is a California licensed attorney and is responsible for this communication. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisory firm. Hi, this is Hugh Hewitt. Hey, if you're retired or approaching retirement, listen up. Retirement planning is critical to your financial health. And like choosing the right doctor, your financial planner must be able to understand your concerns, help you navigate through your retirement, which can be filled with uncertainty, volatility. Certified financial planner Randy Barkley has been assisting clients for 30 years by helping them understand all the information that to most of us can be overwhelming. Go to retirementunlimited.org or call Randy Barkley for a no-obligation appointment at 888-627-8371. That's 888-627-8371, retirementunlimited.org. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisor, clearing through TD Ameritrade, member FINRA, SIPC, MSRB.